All right, everyone, welcome to the numero uno political podcast in the country. And of course, we're very happy now. We're now more or less uh, regular in the top 100 Spotify podcast, among others. And we're, of course, with one of the top-notch um, guys in the country when it comes to any discussions on lifestyle, Bitcoin, major ADHD all over the place. But obviously, the, the context of our collaboration and friendship is, uh, you know, Uh, the emergence of this uh, guest of ours as one of the no-nonsense voices in last year's elections. And I'm sure he was perhaps as surprised by the positive reception as anyone else. It looks like there is an appetite for that kind of no-nonsense discussion. Thank you very much, Kristan, for joining us. Hey, Richard, kumusta? And uh, kumusta to all your uh, viewers and all your followers. Yeah, you know, Richard, actually, I've been following... Uh, your posts and your interviews on CNN about politics and everything. You're one of the uh, sane voices that I've heard in this space. So it's an honor to be a part of this podcast, man. Thank you very much. Bro. I, mean, I appreciate people like you uh, also doing what you're doing. So let's not do overdo this bromance. I think there, there was a lot of creepy responses to yung Pinos natin, yung mga picture natin. Uh, so, uh, okay, let's let's go right into it. Chris Tan, of course, um, you know, many of your followers know you for your no-nonsense interventions uh, during last year's elections. And, you know, I mean, correct the perception. Like, there was a perception that perhaps you're, you know, of course, you love the country and all, but perhaps it looks like the pink side was a little bit closer to your idea of a sane politics than the alternatives, if I can put it that way. So first, Kristen, who is Kristen? Medyo mag tito boy, abunda style. Who is no, so So really, I know, um, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. Tapos, this vlog was something that I just wanted to do because um, siguro for the longest time, I knew naman that um, maruno ako mag-communicate. I can communicate ideas very well. And then uh, I wanted to be able to help people Uh, it started uh, with me being a life coach. Tapos, I was giving out, spewing out advice on uh, YouTube. And one of the things that I do is a, a thought bubble. I talk about politics, current events, you know, um, societal issues. And one day, I decided to speak in Tagalog. Doon nagumpisa lahat. Doon na realize na, wow. So, and what was ironic was, kahit na nagtatagalog ako, uh, marami pala akong, maraming mga nanunod sa akin from different countries like the United States, mga Pinoys in, in uh, Dubai, in Singapore, in Europe. And it, it was so fascinating na when I spoke Tagalog, the more I connected with people. Kaya that's where it all started. Now, uh, politics-wise, people think, uh, like you mentioned nga, that I'm pink or dilawan. What they don't know is I didn't vote for Pinoy. I actually didn't like Pinoy. But I do appreciate what he's done for the country. Uh, and then when the election time came along, I had very strong opinions kasi, uh, towards the candidates. And binis ko lang talaga yan on which candidate I thought was the best in terms of a criteria. And yun. Tapos, it's interesting lang kasi, I think people will perceive you or me or anyone according to their own biases. Yan yan, may, may bias ka talaga. Eh. May, merong, you're going to see things through your own lens. And people saw what they wanted to see in the the you know the message I was trying to deliver. Um, I, I do believe Lenny is the best candidate. Um, but but one thing that pe- people were surprised is, nung tinanong ako what I thought would happen if BBM won, I actually didn't paint a doom and gloom picture. I actually even said na, And I didn't post it until after he won because I didn't want anyone to uh, parang siguro maybe switch or anything. But I did say it na I don't think BBM was going to be as bad as uh, his father. I think uh, BBM is not... Um, I think he's just a, a spoiled brat na who just want. It's an ego thing. Being president is an ego thing for him. And that's it. Um, and so... What happened? Oh, there. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. sorry. Okay, no, no. So, anyway, so, so there. So, after that, tuli tuli na. And suddenly, people were just following me, and I was like, wow. And they just wanted to hear my take on different topics, whether politics or showbiz or whatever it may be. And that's how it all started. 
Wait, wait. Speaking of, uh, we'll go to the entrepreneur part when we'll do the podcast episode on Bitcoin, maybe. You know, because this is at the cutting edge of entrepreneurship these days. Oh yeah. But but let's talk about showbiz. If I'm not mistaken, like if you go to YouTube and put Christian, things pop up from nine years ago. Yuma, umagang kaganda yumaganan. Yeah. Was that a reality show? I'm sorry. I, I don't want to bring back who got memories and all, but let's do it. What, yeah. Was that a dating reality show you were part of? Um, before we go to yeah. the Pinoy episodes, yeah. So for the uh, no, for 15 years, I was actually a producer of TV shows. A lot of people don't know that. Um, I produced uh, TV shows on different networks like ABC Five. Pa nung time na yon, hindi pa nga TV Five. Uh, MTV Studio 23, GMA. So I I did a lot of TV shows for a lot of different networks. Tapos noon in 2015, I decided na parang, oh, why not go in front of the camera naman? So, ayun. So, I got it. One day, I got a call. Sabi lang, would you be interested in going on a reality show with my girlfriend that time? And sabi ko, yeah, why not? It's a good experience. It's something I wanted to experience as well. So, I tried it out. Okay naman. And then after that, they just started inviting me for all these different shows. Wait, wait Chris. Sorry. <laughs> what was this show again? I mean, if you could... If you could It's called I Do. Ah, okay. So, can you give us an idea? What what was the concept? What was the idea behind it? So the the concept of the show was uh, they got these couples, parang eight of us, I think, or nine, who wanted to get married. Tapos the winner will get uh the wedding of their dreams, one million pesos, a house and lot, a business, um, the the works, shabang, and uh you know the lights and all the glamour in it. Yeah, so that's what happened. And then when I was at the finals, na ako yung nagback out. Ayon. Oh sh- wait, because you thought you might win it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, wow. probably would have won it. And I realized yeah. I didn't want to get married um that time. So ayon. I mean, of course, I'm I'm not sure. You know, like there's a way around it, right? Like you get the prize, and then like you find the quack lawyer to sign some notar- notary. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, well, you can be entrepreneurial <laughs> about it. Sorry, yeah, they, but in me is just wondering the sayang yung, yung price. Well, I never really did it because for the price, eh. it was really because um I just wanted uh you know to to I wanted to get married and I wanted to do it in the most unique way possible. So I thought, oh, this would be a good way. And then, but in that, in yung sa siroma two ilang mga one month ata kami naka naka lock in ano yung one month na yon para kang nag ano eh, nag couples weekend pero one month. Then you realize talaga in that one, na. Yeah. Oh, oh, marami kami na realize about ourselves and uh we just ended up as friends after that. Yeah, again, I'm sorry. I didn't want to bring out the hugot and all of that. I just wanted a refresher. Um <laughs> was this also the time na sumisigat yung mga Chinoy? I mean like the the Korean K-pop and, and like this is around 10 years ago, right? Because I remember back in the day when I was a kid, it, it's more like mestizo, mexicano. Yeah. And then uh, 10 years later it's transitioning to mga chinito mga I, I saw that in my own lifetime no yung preferences and all shit so i'm just saying like probably a part of you as a producer felt hey maybe there's a niche for me right like to to make it big <laughs> well you know i never really looked at it na parang ko ano ba yung flavor of the year or the month kasi hindi ko talaga napans- napansin ko na meron na, pero hindi yun yung uh, motivation for me but it's you know it i, I i'm not complaining uh, i think it's amazing that K-pop is doing so well uh, and that they're able to export the music and uh, entertainment worldwide. It's fantastic what it can do for Asians. Uh, I'm so impressed with what they did and, you know, suerte na lang ako, I guess, na mukha kong, ano, ch- you know, chinito ako. So I can pass as Korean, Japanese, Chinese, whatever. So yun. No, I mean, the reason I'm asking this, I mean, we'll go into this more in the next episode when we talk about your, your experiences at Chinoy in in this very, uh, you know, charge moment but you know that that's i'm just saying you know things are i mean as an asian you know i you know i, I can i can you know pass off as a mexican but as an asian like i feel finally the asian men are getting the kind mm. of you know appreciation yep. perhaps deserve because i we grow up you know with all these blonde blue-eyed men and yep. all as the matinee idol and like you know and and they're like uh low quality copycats you know and i, I just felt that's something but we can go to that later and perhaps in the next episode mejo i mean Oh my goodness, I don't want to use the term interracial discussion. <laughs> but, but let's stick to this. Okay, so ano yung pinakaunang episode na biglang boom? Nakita mo, grabe yung response. At talagang, 
ano yun, parang meron kang instinctive uh, moment na, ay, kailangan ko mag-Tagalog para maka-reach out sa mga tao. And, and your Tagalog is less konya than mine. Ako, nakikita na tao, eh, I'm still trying to reach out, but my Ilocan is better than my Tagalog <laughs> accent-wise. But, but can you tell me about, what was that first blog na went boom, and then their, your whole political blogger career started? So, yung, ano, yung ano, first vlog ko na talagang pumoto was the one where sinabi ko, paano, pa, parang I described kung paano pumili ng ano, kandidato for president, kung ano dapat yung tama. And then I gave the criteria kung ano ba yung hinahanap natin lahat for president to make a good president. And then, tuloy-tuloy, at the end of it, I was eliminating all the candidates. And then at the end, sinabi ko, kaya, and then it's the, the title pala was, I'm not voting for Lenny Robredo. Was that Union- a- <laughs> knowing well, that paper followers could be pro yeah. yeah. So I didn't do it as a clickbait. I did it more because I was trying to make a point na hindi ko binoboto si Lenny because she's Lenny. I'm voting for her because of the of the qualifications I was looking for for a president. As a matter of fact, see, I even ano nga, I even disc- made a disclaimer na originally I didn't like Lenny. Um I remember yung first time ko nakita yung post na nagpicture na magbubush siya papuntang ano papuntang Naga and I was like I don't know it looks so staged to me I don't know there's something uh, that yeah, 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 I know what you're saying <laughs> parang cringy yung dating na yung sa akin pero nung then I got to know her better and then I, I, I listened to yung mga sinasabi niya and I was like no this this girl's making sense sabi ko plus kung tinignan mo yung field of candidates naman alam mo everyone had their their strengths eh um, Manny Pacquiao his heart Yeah, lots uh, on experience. Yeah, experience, the discipline. He did a lot sa Manila in the short time that he had. Yeah. So I, I, right. yeah, so I didn't really have anything against any of the candidates. It was just more of a, tignan natin anong meron nila and then process of elimination. And then at the end of it, sabi ko, if you look at it, the complete package was Lenny. The irony was this. I think why it went viral. Um, I think the title, alam mo kasi it's ironic ano, that a lot of people don't Uh, read or don't watch the whole video anymore. They look at the headline and then they'll start sharing it based on the headline. So apparently what happened was a lot of the supporters of BBM were sharing my video. Sabi ko nga, clickbait yan eh. Trojan horse yan. Diba? Trojan horse, kala nila. And then people were watching it and then napapabura yung mga supporters ni BBM sa akin. So I, I got a lot of bashers. Um, and my own video had I did not get as many views on my own video as the people that shared it on TikTok. Yung TikTok, nakita ko may dalawang account doon that posted it. Two, each of them got at least 10, 10 million to 15 million. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah, business was good. Business was good. Yeah, and I didn't even post it on my TikTok. So eventually, I went to TikTok after mga three or four months. Pumasok na ako ng TikTok. So that's how it all started. Um. And it was weird, you know. One when I woke up and I was looking on my phone, my phone was off the hook. It was just bam, 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 bam notification. At pinat ngayon na nakasilent na lang ako palagi. There's no more point in uh, putting the notification on, because otherwise we'll never get anything done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, you know, the geniuses, the PhD in political, uh, in computer science and physics, all of them are working on ways up to hack our mind, right? So, like, take out the notification. For me, because I, I honestly, I, I, I see social media as an outlet, not inlet, right? Like, it's for me to get the message out, and then I don't want to do anything with this world. Like, you cut it out, right? So that's why you know I can manage it, calibrate it. Not to mention, you need digital Sabbath or actual Sabbath. Now, let's go back to this. I mean. I mean, obviously, in my case, um, I I was very apolitical in the sense I was always more concerned about international affairs, global affairs. You know, those are the things that excited me when I was as as young as like five, six year old. I was talking about Iraq war, etc. So that mm. was really how I grew up. So I always f- felt about Philippine politics like, oh my goodness, e dynasties, it's like juvenile, puerile. Like you know, it gives a bad name to democracy, and 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 sometimes I felt it's like a hopeless case. And then Pinoy came and I felt, okay, something interesting could come here. Although I was half skeptical, half hopeful with Pinoy. And I think his record more or less was mixed, but on the better side of the mix than, than most of the other leaders. But, you know, I remember very well 2015. The first time I saw Duterte kind of flirting with the idea of presidency. This is like August, July pa lang. And we had a show on Tito Boy, Abunda, Lisandro Claudio, Nicole Corato. All of us were there. And I said, he's a dark horse. Because I always felt there's something in him that can click with 
with millions of people are just so fed up with traditional yeah. nonsense politics. And no, it's it's because I studied other countries. It happened in Turkey. It happened just now yeah. in Argentina with the right. Elvis Presley looking guy. You know? Um, it happened with uh, you know, with, with it, all around India. Narendra Modi, Indonesia yeah. was there when Jokowi is coming. So I always felt. I mean. Yun na problema sa atin sa mga Pilipino. We think we're too exceptional when in fact, maraming meron sa atin na third world, meron sa ibang third world countries na nakikita ko, for Argentina, Turkey, India. So I just felt, this guy has a chance. And 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 I just felt people, many people are too dismissive about him. So that's where I began to become like, wait lang, this guy, if he wins, he's gonna change everything. You know, the first interview I watched of him was with Maria Ressa. Right? Like, our Rappler friends did a lot too, you know, <laughs> to get him into the... So and and the first big event he had was this something like yung uh, my president something events at De La Salle. I used to teach in De La Salle back in the day. So Maria Ressa was the host and then ang nagpakita lang si Digong and si Cayetano. And I look at this guy I said, "My gosh, he has what it takes to really exploit mm. cynicism and lack yeah. of faith and disillusionment and this is after the laglag bala crisis. This is after right. Sapano. Like everything we're go goes going and to, to the guy. I felt pa conspiracy theory pa and then I mean traffic during Apex Summit. Yeah. Like, so but I felt this is the right time for this guy. So as early as 2015, I was saying, hey, watch watch out for this guy. And by January, February, I was convinced he could really win once B9 went down. Now I've written extensively on all these issues, including the book Rise of the Terte, but my point is, that's where I also discovered something about myself, that actually I care, right? Actually, when I fear there's a fundamental threat to our way of lives or whatever little freedoms we have, I'm someone who cares. And at the same time, of course, I'm I'm I, I, I'm not cancel culture type, meaning in the case that, you know, many of people close to me voted for Duterte. So I don't think that they're bad people. I just felt maybe they didn't choose the best guy, but I understood where they come from. They, the grievance, yep. the hurt and all of that. And the next six years is really the story of my career. So both on West Philippine Sea and both on democracy issue, I tried to push back against this guy. So by the time that 2022 elections came and I was realizing like, my goodness, after Duterte, it's going to be Marcos most likely, right? Like, oh, this is crazy. So I said, the least I can do is to go vlogging and to reach out and, you know, hello. And, you know, make, you know, you, you probably saw me on CNN International, yep. on four fights, the car, you know, like that Richard Haydar, right? It's like, okay, that Richard Haydar has his place there, but it's useless, more or less there. So let's do something. So that was the context within which Chris uh, essentially I became this podcaster, right? I had to set up this whole thing and uh, essentially double, double in, you know, to... so in your case, what was the thought process? So I gave you a very, Five minutes uh, overview of my thought process, how I became obsessed almost about Philippine politics. I've written 2,000 articles probably on Philippine politics. Wow. The very topic I was completely disinterested in just seven, eight, nine years ago, I would say, right? I was very interested in West Philippine Sea, uh, foreign policy issues, but domestic politics was always something that I found in the Philippines, not a little bit too disheartening, disillusion. What is your thought process to? Like okay, I like I do Bitcoin, I I do all of these things. I you know I'm I'm a motivation coach, but hey hey, this is crazy. Like I have to say something about this. So actually, um, yung ano yung pagpasok ko sa Bitcoin no, is very related to politics and it's very related to governments. It's it's almost my antithesis to the government. Eh. Bitcoin is uh, all uh, about financial. Yeah, it is. It's a uh, financial freedom. It's being a sovereign citizen. It's not allowing yourself to be. Uh, limited to uh to the laws of one country and it's a it's a big fu to the government eh, if you really think about it and I can I can talk about that a little bit later na pero for now yung pagpasok sa politics ano is something I've always been interested in I've always been interested in history in politics uh even no panahon ni Pinoy I would debate with people uh then when Duterte came along ganun din I would debate I was the type that I would not back away from uh, commenting and replying to every single troll and basher out there. And even my friends, um, if they debate with me, I don't mind. I don't get upset with debates. I love debates. Um, and when I debate with people, I don't debate to win. I debate to understand. Yun yung pagkakaiba sa tingin ko with people when they debate with me. They think I'm uh, debating para, para makalamang. Eh. Hindi. I'm debating so that we can both understand Ano ba yung parang common ground natin and where is that middle ground where we can have an understanding? And ang ang pinaka siguro trigger for me ano that that made me want to talk more about politics was really the rise of this authoritarian government and you know people like Duterte who was 
practically the guys I, I don't know. I think he's clinically insane, uh, to be honest with you. I think he's a psychopath. And uh, um, that's that was the selling point. Uh, Chris, uh, just to be clear, I, I I was contractually obliged not to say something like that. <laughs> but but you know, I, I'm I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, right? Like, yeah. Oh, go okay. ahead, go ahead. So you felt you have to say it. Call a spade a spade. Like yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I don't. I know when I say that, I'm not trying to insult anyone. Um, for me, because when a person is uh glib about talking about rape, raping, raping somebody, sexual assault, about killing people. Wow, you, you know, young. You look into a person's eyes. Uh, you can tell if somebody is a murderer. You know, a serial killer. You look into their eyes. You can see their soul or the lack of it. This guy does not have a soul. Uh, and But I, I do believe he believes that he is doing what he's doing is good. I do believe that the people supporting him believe that what they're doing is good. And it is insane lang that I see so many people that are mesmerized with this uh, oh, this idea na okay lang pumatay kasi masama naman silang lahat. Pero hindi naman naman talaga alam kung masama. Kaya nga, kaya nga may batas tayo, di ba? So, um... You know, people would say, why do I hate him so much? I don't hate him. Actually, that's the, the funny part is I don't hate him. You can put any name there. Anyone who murders people and, and brags about it is not on my good list. It's not a person. It's the idea of it. And what's more fascinating and saddening in this world now is marami sa mga tao ngayon ang, ang hindi na marunong mag-isip ng tama. Uh, and that's what's giving rise to authoritarianism all over the world, thinking. even in the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. It's, like, it's coming back. Trump is coming back. Yeah, it's almost. He more than probably will win. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he probably will win and he will uh, he will avenge his last loss and the, the whatever anyone did to him. And it's going to be insane what's going to happen to the world if Trump wins. Um, and for me, this is the problem with yung sa mga tao ngayon they're not um there's uh, wala nang critical thinking it's gone so my my hope in what i do is that i can somehow instill critical thinking back in in people's way of uh, in their mindset and how they look at things number one critical thinking and also self awareness wala na eh. there's no such thing as self awareness anymore eh. people are just zombies now walking on this earth and they they speak as if they believe something, but it, in reality, it's a borrowed belief, because they can never defend what they believe in. That's why you know it's a borrowed belief, and that's the sad part about this society. And if I can change one person's mind by the vlogs I do, kaya na isalang every day, then I've done my job, and that's why I do it. And that is really my motivation for doing these vlogs. I mean, for me, my understanding there is that, you know, a lot of people are voting nowadays because they, not necessarily because they want candidate A, but because they hate so much candidate B, C, and D. So, you know, you can call it negative solidarity. I would say, I mean, that's the thing. They gaslight you as hating Duterte, but actually a lot of people have voted for Duterte because they hate the other candidates. Now, the factual basis of that hate is very questionable. Like, for instance, blaming Aquinos for everything that went wrong in the country. Like, seriously, you forgot 10 years of Arroyo almost, right? Uh, you know, who's, mm. who's an ally of the Dutertes. You forgot Era Pestrada. And by the way, Ramos was a cousin of Marcos and helped Marcos throughout until, you know, he turned against the guy. So it's, it's and, and you can make a situational argument that Corazon Aquino was there to clean up the mess of Marcos Sr. with some success. And Aquino was there to clean up the mess of both Era and Arroyo. And both of them were half successful at best. But to blame them for everything that went wrong, I think that's the really the problem. So clearly, this is where the issue of disinformation and lack of critical thinking is coming in. Um, for you, is it is it social media? Uh, I mean, what do you think is contributing to that? Is it is it is it overflow of nonsensical no. information? Are are we like drowning in garbage? Is that your concern right now? So I know. Um. So what happened is so when social media came about, right in the but parang. Facebook started in 2008, so it started to really proliferate about 2012, 2014, and then 2015 is when it really took off to that next level. And it democratized information. It democratized media. Now, when it's democratized, that means information now is not... Van there's no guard, vanguard to information. There are no 
Uh, you know how ABS guardrails, yeah, right there, yeah, ABS Rappler. Everyone's like, here is this is vetted information. This is accurate. This is true. Gan, wala na lahat yon. Ngayon, information is a free for all. The problem is nobody taught people how to discern information. Because we're so used to information being vetted for us. Eto na ang tamang information according to what the newspaper says. And sometimes not even real. And then with the with the democratization of information, but without teaching us how to discern right information and wrong, and this is where fake news happened. The time of Duterte with Cambridge Analytica, they knew that there was an opportunity to take advantage of people, and they did. Duterte was the first trial before uh, Trump. To be ground able zero, to ground zero, yeah, yeah, Duterte was ground zero for Cambridge Analytica, and they said, "Wow, it works." And then Trump used the same strategy, and he won. And then all the other people are now using that same strategy, and then now we're just seeing it. Now, six, seven years later, do we realize now? Taka, taka, taka. We we really have to fight fake news. We can't just be silent because do you remember nung panahon ni Duterte no 2015, 2016, when people were debating, every we tuned out. I have a lot of friends that said, "Ayoko na mag social media. It's a lot of garbage." Yeah, it's too I'm, toxic. I'm... Yeah, right. And they just shut up. Rather than speak out, they shut up because it was too stressful. Now the difference now is because we know there's fake news. I encourage everyone to speak out, to 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 combat fake news, to call out a troll, to call out people that are spewing BS and lies, and that's needed. That counter is needed. So. When I got on uh, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, you know what I noticed on TikTok especially, and you, you know this. I remember when I got on, I was like, "Oh my God, nagulat ako how much fake news was on TikTok. It was insane. It was like a a, a different reality." Successful, successful, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It's a, yeah, and even the comments. Oh my God, it's the bottom of the, you know, the it's the bottom feeders. It's the worst. And I said, my God, I need to be on this net, this network, this social media, because there's nobody else speaking out to counter all this BS on TikTok. So, and oh my God, then TikTok. If you look at all my comments, they're all hate because people that would support are afraid to speak out because if you support, you will get the trolls and the bashers all coming in to to make you feel so bad and attack you that to to just silence you. Yeah, I mean, I and call that poisoning the well strategy. I call that the poisoning the well strategy. Mm. They don't even need to win over or expose us as ridiculous, meaning people of reason or facts. Uh, they just all they need to do is to demobilize people to make them so you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, they they want people to be allergic to even conversation, right? Yeah. And and the thing is this, but this is where I'm a little bit self-critical. I think the the problem also is a lot of people, especially those. Who had platforms, uh, you know, columnists for newspapers like yours truly, people who are in the media, etc. I think a lot of us, our mistake was we didn't engage social media because we felt, oh, that's you know, yeah, that's not <laughs> level. We're this level, right? I'm I'm not gonna go down to their level. And I remember until today, I always see like Richard, bakit mo dinibate si Banat Bay or si Sasot or whatever? Eh, hindi mo sila ka level and And I said that's exactly the problem. That mindset that we're better than everyone else, we should not engage them, and that's how we left the field. To the enemy. Not to mention, I got bashed a lot for engaging these people or supposedly platforming them. But for me, that's the loser mindset. That's the snowflake mindset. Yep. Um, as much, I mean, let them talk and then shut down the nonsense. Not let them talk and then let them get away with 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 fake news. No, no. Let them talk and then shut it down. And you nang hindi nakikita ng taos. But but that's the thing, Chris. Eh? You need to have cojones, right, to do this. You need a certain degree of audacity and strength of character and conviction. I mean. I, I did martial arts. I I do yoga. I do all of these things to literally to be physically able to take all of this nonsense and attacks and death threats throughout the six seven years or so. Uh, in your case, what is your routine? I mean, you seem to be a you know in a health buff uh, kind of a fitness person, motivational coach. I mean, did that help you? Because you know, like I know you're saying that, but must not engage tayo. Pero medyo kailangan mo rin ng kapal mo ha, di ba? <laughs> and then yeah, you, you, and strength of character. You, alam mo siguro no the the reason dahil ako masyado naman talaga na affect ng mga bashers is because um ah uh, meron na paniniwala talaga that people are entitled to their opinion and I really believe that that I have no need to change your narrative of me or anything else 
if you be like in your mind, I am the enemy, that's your mind and that's your life. Who am I to control your your narrative or the movie in your mind? That's not my business, diba? It's not, I have no need to do that. So when I was able to let go of that need, uh, then I then I had a lot more respect for people's opinion. So when people have a different opinion, I just accept it as their opinion. Uh, as much as this is my opinion, that's theirs. And when I speak, I'm not trying to convince anyone to change their mind. I'm just speaking to let people know this is my opinion. You have bahala what you decide to do with that with that opinion. And if you you know I, I, that's why I I I don't mind debating with people is because of that. And I, I remember I did this uh, vlog and I met this this kid that's a BBM supporter, 21, 21 year old, na student. Sabi ko okay lang ba sa if, ano, if we do a you know a conversation. And sabi niya, okay lang. Sabi ko, kasi bihira ako makahanap ng BBM supporter that's willing to talk to me. And he goes, yeah, yeah, okay. So we were talking. And when I was talking to him, I wasn't, com- I'm not combative normally in a conversation actually. Um, So I was just listening to him. And at the end of it, nakikita mo, he started to doubt himself and he couldn't even reason out why he was voting for, for BBM. And man, and then suddenly I found out he was INC and then the INC some of the leaders there wanted to talk to me. I'm like, whoa. And they wanted to debate with me. Oh, Ako, wow. um, that, that escalated fast. Yeah. and But the thing was for me, you know, people people were remixing my video, uh, challenging my perspective. I don't mind. I go, go. Go do that. Uh, people were calling me stupid. Yung, I remember remember there's this very pop uh, I forget who it was yung mga sikat na vloggers marami yan eh marami sikat na vloggers si, si Duterte at saka si BBM eh so one of them said talaga to si Chris he was talking about inflation he doesn't know what he's talking about the US has high inflation uh, they borrow a lot of money the debt to GDP <laughs> ratio is higher blah 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 and it's okay and I was like wow so so somebody says na the, 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 that's a logical fallacy eh yung it's correct because everyone else is doing it. That's a logical fallacy. That's not a way to to uh, to argue a point. I was like, but I will not uh, try to debate that. But if he, he or she wanted to debate with me, I'd be more than happy to. But there was a part of me that did not. You mean the what aboutism? To... No, I mean the whole what aboutism. Uh, what about yeah. that? Yeah, like you know, the two wrongs don't make it right. Like that's that's a right. Part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that you know, when when I hear logic like that, I was like, wow, there's no point in <laughs> debating with them. And I did not want to uh, know. I did not want to amplify these people. I didn't want to debate. Uh they can amplify me because they're posting my videos. Go. But I did not want to debate with them because I think a person that's smart will understand which point was right and wrong. And that's all I they just have to hear both sides and it's up to them to decide. But but that's the point. Like you, you mentioned the importance of critical thinking. I think the other important C is compassion. I mean, why would we even bother to engage with some of our kababayan if we don't care about them, right? I mean, I know it might come off as patronizing, but it's only patronizing if you're there lecturing. If you're not yeah. there actually listening. I mean, I come, I come from you know the north. I was born in Baguio, literally Marcos Highway almost. So you can imagine, I'm, I'm surrounded with a lot of pro-Marcos people. But, you know, I sit down there, we laugh, we make jokes, you know, and then, you know, all of these inside jokes about Marcoses, etc. And then that's where you can have a conversation. Because if you come in and say, oh, gusto niya sa madanako, mga matay, right. well, nothing's gonna happen. And they're gonna go like that. And then tapos nang usapan. You're, you, you mutually cancel. So I learned, from, not easy, but I learned from my own experience that the last way to start is to cancel each other. No, no. It has to come with a position of compassion and even yeah. a degree of mutual respect. After all, just because I mean, all of us do stupid things in life. And and politics is not, not about IQ. It's about discernment. It's about judgment. It's about wisdom for that matter. Yeah. Um. You know, I wanted to add, I know that um, I, I never thought that uh, anyone who voted for BBM or Duterte was dumb. So that was the thing. So when I talk to them, I don't, that's why I think it comes across, it doesn't come across that way because I don't really believe that. I think they, I think people that voted for Duterte truly believe that they were doing something good or it was just born out of a massive frustration. And I understand that frustration. Exactly, you frustration. felt that. Exactly. Yeah, it was a. I, I, I even know exactly that frustration because ngadum panahon ngani Pinoy, Pinoy kasi um came across 
came across unempathic. He was, I remember the scene when I was so pissed eh, when the Hong Kong tourists were on the bus, the hostage taker was there, and then the police came in and then started just shooting randomly and actually killed the tourists. It wasn't the hostage taker that killed him, it was the police because they were just shooting. And Pinoy on the mic on the press con, I remember that press con. He 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 looked at the camera and he he said with a smirk, he goes, Shh, mas grabe nga naman yung sarasha, mas marami na matay dun eh. I'm like, wow. So, nag-what about this thing siya? Yeah, nag-what about yeah. this siya? Yeah, when he said hey, that, I was like, mama sapano, diba? mama the concern was, you know, he should have gone there and embraced the yeah. families. And I said something like, ayoko ng drama or something like that. I don't know how yeah. to you know, I had a conversation with the with the late president. Uh, you know, this is just before pandemic. And, you know, essentially, you know, I was telling him, you know, the Philippines is not Germany. It's more like Italy, right? Because I heard from someone that Mahilik just said German politics. I think your idol is like Angela Merkel of Germany, that kind of rational, oh, reasonable, yeah. leader, etc. So, Tuan Tuasha is a German coalition politics. And I said, we are like Italy. We need a Berlusconi sometimes. You, right. know, you go, you hug people, you make fun, but do you also do your job, right? At the end of the day, we still yeah. have to get the Lamborghinis and Ferraris, right? So my point is, I think there was a there was a lack of appreciation of the the emotional moment of the emotional aspect of Philippine politics. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that was the problem. His role model was not applicable to the Philippines. Perhaps if you were in Sweden or a country like that, even Marroas, I would say the same thing. Major Kulangsa. You know, the empathy aspect. Just look at how uh, yeah. Aneta Rojas was trying to come up with it. And, and, and even Pajak, I mean, like, with the Lacoste. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, this, like, how oh. not to do presidential campaign? I don't know what on earth was going on there. Like, like from Pinoy to Mar Rojas, like, really something was going on. Yeah, there was a disconnect, you know. They were they were not they were not re- connecting with the, the people. But you know what? I'll tell you what's interesting, huh? The very reason why Pinoy won is the same reason why Duterte won. Think about that, yung that statement. It's the people never vote logically. They always vote emotionally and they justify it logically. Kasi pag tinignan mo, no, nung tumakbo si Pinoy, you know, he didn't have the credentials. Eh. He didn't have the credentials. He was a lackluster congressman. I b- believe he and yeah, and a senator with we don't senator, yeah. Yeah, it, it was he was practically absent, didn't really get a lot of bills passed. He didn't he was a C student. He, he wala talaga. the only reason he won was the emotional side. The mother died and everyone's like, "Okay, let's push him." So it's that same reason lack of reasoning that may propelled uh, Pinoy to to win is the same reasoning or lack of it that propelled Duterte to win. And it it was an outpouring of emotion uh, that you know, and people will justify that emotion. And I remember I would speak to my friends who were um, in victory. I remember I had a friend who was in victory, na negotiante, and he was supporting Duterte. And I said to him, "You're you're you're Christian, right? You you agree well with the killing?" He goes, "Well, I, habi uh, well, no, but pero kung masama naman sila, why not?" And I'm like. Well, you should just denounce your religion. Well, like Old Testament, siguro sila, you know. Yung oh yeah, sure. And justify any kind of violence, you know. I mean, we see. I mean, Jericho. You look at what was done to Jericho. Even the oxen were killed and massacred, and all. I was just reading the 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 the, the, the verses the other day. Yeah. Yeah, and and here's the irony. Eh? The irony is this: eh? at first they were saying that no, it wasn't Duterte killing people; it was the drug lords killing each other. And then eventually, now, now, pag tinignan mo yung mga bashers ngayon and trolls, it's so funny how they didn't realize. Now they're saying, oh, oh, totoo, pumatay si Duterte. And then they'll say, sana sunod ka. And then they'll say, masama lahat yun. At least, tama yung ginagawa. And I'm like, wow, so you're actually admitting that you are supporting somebody who you know or you believe actually kills people and you're okay with it. When... Five years ago, when he was still a president, you were saying, no, 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 it wasn't him. Gonna... So there was this transition from denial to acceptance to now actually even gloating and bragging about it. But they didn't realize they made that transition. That's the funny part. That by their yeah. comments, they're actually validating yeah, why the ICC yeah. should come in here. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, uh, before we end, because I want to end on this episode on the very eloquent way you answered the rhetorical question I raised on who's the worst president in, in the Philippines. But before we just go to there, 
I mean, for me, um, you know, there were there were there were a number of very good philosophical works, you no, know, on 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 the question of evil, and and you know, even controversial people like Jordan Peterson also said something like, like in every human being, there's a dark side to it. I think it goes mm. back to Solzhenitsyn, and because I, I, there are people who are against Duterte, they're against what Duterte did. But if you say, are you okay with the populist leader who goes and kills really corrupt leaders and drug lords? They'll say, hmm, maybe I'm okay with that, but just don't kill the poor innocent people. You know what I'm saying? Like there are levels to do that. It's not like either or. Eh? Because I, yeah, I, yeah. many people are so desperate that they want a better version of Duterte to, to kill the right people, if I can put it that way, which is of course the wrong way of putting it. Do you get what right. I'm saying? Like unfortunately, there's that kind of desperation to our politics because our judicial institutions have really not been delivering. Whatever administration you name me, we still have one of the highest pre-detainee trials, uh, people, uh, you know, pre-trial detainees, sorry, uh, one of the highest rates of miscarriages of justice, etc. So, uh, you know, my point is, it's not really an either or good or evil kind of situation. I, mean, I think there are 50 shades of gray when it comes to that. But last point on this episode, before we transition to the next episode and before I transition location, because we might have to wait. Um, uh, so, who's the worst president and who's the best president on your uh, on your uh, in your books? I mean, again, everything's relative, right? Uh, we're not nope. saying in the universe. We're just saying not in the solar, but maybe in the Philippines. Who's the worst and who's the best and why? fast talk Who's the worst? Let's so, start with the who's the best, Muna. You want? Are you ready for wow. that? Wow. Um, no? Actually, best. Mas mas yun, eh. mas let's start with. Yun. Let's yeah, start easy. Okay. Let's start yeah. easy. Who's the worst? President in Philippine history for you. So I really, for me, talaga, I think Duterte was the worst president. Because uh, for so many reasons, uh, um, economically, look what he did with uh, the you know the, the doubling our debt, over doubling our debt in the last his last two years, uh, during the pandemic, and then not just that, uh, people were dying from the pandemic, and yet he allowed his cronies, formally to be able to siphon off all that aid that he borrowed and were paying for today. Our national debt is over 14 trillion because of Duterte. Tapos, yung pagka-corruption niya was gangster-level corruption. And he was bragging about it to everyone on top of the fact that he was killing everyone. You remember those vice mayors and mayors? May isa doon yung nagbabayang magilio Ang mamatay man dahil sa'yo, boom, on the heart, dead. And yeah, sure, let's say he was a drug lord. Let's say he was whatever. I mean, for me, uh, there is due process and... You know, sa, nobody said anything nung pinatay yung isang drug lord sa, sa kulungan na sinabing um, na, nanlaban daw. Espinosa, yeah. Espinosa. Ah, si Espinosa, right. Because, you know, he was a drug lord, right? Okay, I didn't say anything to be honest with you. I was kind of, to be honest with you, I was a little bit like, yeah, you know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Bro. There's a degree, right? So, so... Um, but but there were a lot of people that were innocent that were getting killed and going to jail because they just criticized him. The Lima was a perfect example. A lot of people. And this is where Duterte started to believe he was a god. And that's where the problem. That's why I would believe that he was the worst because of the psyche, the belief that he was above everyone and that he has the authority and right to kill anyone that he wanted, even today. Even when he's okay. not a president. Do you think that the word F as in fascist is one way of looking at it? Do you think that's a, that's one way? Because, you know, there's some people who say he was fascist. I mean, the cult uh, of personality, the the death squads, the violence, the glorification of violence, the the demeaning of reason, reason discussion. Like, th those all ticks the boxes. If you yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Uh, I would call him a fascist. Sure. Um. So, so that was the worst one. Now, Marcos... Fermi came in second because senior. This is because senior, right? Just to be clear. Senior, yeah. Junior, senior. we have to give him some chance. He still has yeah. years. So senior comes in second to me because of how he inflated the economy. Oh my God. Yung, imagine mo yung uh, national debt natin when he started in 1965 to the 1970s. It went from like a few hundred million to billions. Huh? And for a president to take about between 5 to 10 billion dollars in the 1970s and 80s the, by today's standard that's still a lot of money imagine back then the inflation that would, yeah. yeah that would be like 100 billion to 200 billion dollars you know if you try to uh, compute it to today's values it's an insane amount and people went into poverty 
you know, before he went into, you know, before he became president, the the, the world was the Philippines was a uh, you know um one of the most progressive asian countries and then when he came in it just continually deteriorated but people forgot that for some reason i don't know galing nung, people remember galing nung... people remember that he came on the tail end of the good days which is when asian uh, development bank came in 19 uh, 1964 65 but that's actually the beginning of the end right like yeah but but they for some reason they think that it extended all the way till 1986 did not people care to read about makapagal or read about yeah. a little bit better like bare so like the re- all presidents before marcos are kind of like hazy characters except probably aguinaldo or or manuel quezon so i think marcos just current everyone out of our imagination parang current yeah. let's 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 call it kevin i just thought about the male <laughs> version of karen as a kevin he came right. way out of ken ken and barbie He, he Kevin this way out. So if you say glory days, people think 1960s Marcos pare, 1950s Mar- No, no. He came when tapos na yung good times. Yeah. And the, the rest yep. started. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, remember, the human rights violations, obviously. You want to oh, mention that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Adding that factor in. That was, and the difference with Marcos was he was deliberate. Uh, but, but, you know, for me, kasi, ayun na, so yung tanong lang, ano, ano ba yung mas masama? Ano, yung deliberate o yung paniniwala na I am a god and I can kill and I don't care about anyone or anything and I will do what I want. I, there was something eerily scary about and, and evil about a person that believes that. And that's why I put uh, Duterte on the top. Eh. So Marcos comes in second and then um, uh, Erap. Oh, Erap. <laughs> I could guess like, mm, I think you're going to say Erap. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, with Erap, alam mo yung kay Erap, alam mo naalala ko when he won. You know, parang, parang we were living in a gangland era where his kids were driving around with their convoys, doing whatever the hell they want. Uh, Mexican and, style. And then Erap wasn't even working. He would go to work at 4 p.m. He would gamble with his friends in the private, uh, I know that private area here in San Juan that they would go to. And then it was just, he did not work. It was crazy. And the economy work, work suffered. Work for the week. The week works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like he was just plundering the money. And of course, we we know what happened after that. When Chavit, you know, knowing his ultimate demise, he was going to die, he was going to get killed. Then spoke out against Arab, and then boom, all the you know, all the dirt came out. So he's oh, on my third. I don't want to talk too much about Arab. That's why Um. Okay. So what are your top three best? Not in any order. Again, relative terms. So Word, okay. Top three, so, na lang. Isipin mo lang, top three. So so I know the number three. I would say would be, um, you know, th- this is hard. Three, two, one is actually hard. That to be honest with you, because. Sige, well, don't, rank have... don't rank it. Like, what are the top three presidents? In your mind? Is it well, like Magsaysay, Manuel Quezon? Oh, wait. Are we, are we talking pre-EDSA or, or are we talking... I mean, if, if wala kang type dun sa mga iba, you can go all the way to Aguinaldo if you want. We're flexible. You know, I, I mean, I'd like to go as far as Aguinaldo, pero at the same time kasi, ano, um, uh, I did not have... I don't have a comprehensive yeah, view yeah, of their yeah, accomplishments yeah. as much as I do about the current presidents from 1986 onward. So if I were to do 1986 onward um, lang, I would say, sige, mm. I would say, um, uh, wow. So, ito na lang yung top three ko. Ah. I would go, in no particular order, uh, GMA, Ramos, uh, Pinoy. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, I pushed it back to 50s kasi mapilitan ka ipasok si GMA <laughs> uh, No, I'm I'm going to add GMA. Kasi yeah. you know what I know is ironic. I actually don't mind GMA. Because of the fact that she did work hard. She woke up early. She she fixed the economy along with Mar Rojas. The BPO industries because yeah, it, of uh, GMA's work. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the institutions and the things that you're seeing now is because of what GMA did during her time. Uh, Ramos naman during his time was able to create uh, a stability in the government which was very much needed. And during his time was when Philippines was considered a tiger economy. And even when they borrowed, the GDP grew. Uh, uh, commensurate. It was a... It was a and and it dollar was, was like relative. 26 pesos, right? Dollar was 26 pesos. I remember during Ramos' time. Vision 2000. He was kind of yeah. like hotter Lee Kuan Yew when he would go around the region, uh, etc. Yeah, I mean... yeah, I mean, And he was a statesman. You, 
Yeah. He was a statesman. He was very, very good. Smart people, both of them, Arroyo and Ramos. Although, of course, I would put Ramos way ahead. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and Pinoyas, right? Uh, you're 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 the other one. Yeah. You so yeah. So better than Ramos or Arroyo, obviously. Okay. So mm -hmm. the reason I would say Pinoy did better, because economically he was the one who had the most sound economic principles. Not because he was smart. He hired smart people. He inspired smart people to join the government. And that's what impressed me, that I did not see that was going to happen. And I was impressed at all the, you know, the technocrats that decide, people from private sector that joined the government of Pinoy because they wanted to genuinely help. I was so impressed that, remember, during Pinoy's time, we had a budget surplus. And the the def, the debt, the national didn't go up. The national debt actually, I think it went down if I would if I remember correctly. Yeah, as a share. Yeah. As a share. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing what he was able to do with the economy. My, the only flaw that he had was he lacked empathy. He did not connect with people. But aside from that, what he did for the economy that progressed, what you see now with BGC and all of that was because his government opened that all up. And it was also because of P, uh, Arroyo coming in before that to, to lay the groundwork. Pinoy naman uh, kept it to the next level and all the foreigner foreign investments came on board with Pinoy's time. So yeah, that's I mean, why I like right. him. I mean, we, can, we can talk about the Mama Sapano, many failures here and there, like serious failures, I would say. that you know That's why this is relative, guys. We didn't say he's, he's the best president in the summer. Right. We're just saying relative to other president, we can put him there at the best. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... I see where you're coming from. And also for me, it's about the, the feel-good signaling to the international community, right? Mm. I mean, things we've written about the Philippines during Aquino time. You know, Philippines was increasingly respected countries and respectable country. And for me, that mattered because I dealt with invest investors, Wall Street. I dealt with international communities yeah. to adopt to China. And that is going to be a next topic, episode. Let's talk about China, West Philippine Sea, and being a Chinoy. Uh, in this uh, interesting times, if you can put it that way. Thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. Thanks, Richard. I enjoyed I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you.